When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome back to Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for Boston sports. I'm your host, Justin Poulin. Joining me, my co-host, John Duke. It's really getting into the crazy season, everybody. We've got the All-Star break coming up next weekend. So just three games on the set for the Celtics this week. Then, of course, coming out of the All-Star break, we are going to have the trade deadline. And yes, there will be a trade deadline show on Thursday, the 23rd, here on CLNS Radio. It will go live. We will be taking your calls. And then the Celtics will come back after quite a lengthy layover and face off against the Raptors. So uh, that rivalry kind of going back and forth. The Celtics currently have a two-and-a-half game lead. Yes, lead on the Toronto <laughs> Raptors. Amazing. And with Brad Stevens set to coach the Eastern Conference All-Stars, John, I know we're all salivating for uh, all kinds of probably innocuous nuggets about his networking at the event. Oh, I mean, that's the that was the biggest reason that that I was so excited about it, and we were talking about it here on the show. I mean, it's it's just a tremendous opportunity for all these guys, these stars, to up close see how good Brad Stevens is, you know. And it's while it's you know how much does it really matter and all this. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter really. But then it does. I mean, Isaiah and Horford had a chance to chat during the All-Star game. Can't tell me that didn't help. And maybe it, maybe it didn't hurt, but it, you know, it, it certainly didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like the the earth-shattering thing that changed his mind. But it didn't hurt. And it doesn't hurt for him for these guys to run into Brad Stevens. I still think he's a bit of an unknown commodity. I still think people see him from afar and think he's a genius, but maybe think he's. I don't know, not sure what he is. And I think this gives an opportunity for these guys to see up close that he's just a real genuine guy. And, and there's a real reason why guys like Evan Turner and, and Isaiah and others who have played, you know, across this league in multiple stops keep raving about Brad Stevens and, and the quality, not just the quality coach he is, but the quality person he is. And he's just someone you want to play for and enjoy playing for, enjoy playing for. Well, Paul Pierce's last game, and I know we talked about it. On the uh, show uh, last week, uh, but Paul Pierce's final game in Boston set the table so beautifully for this. And I am going to just do a quick correction. Toronto three and a half games behind Boston. I forgot that the Washington Wizards leapfrogged Toronto in the standings. Obviously, self, self-destruction self from we the North. But back to the Paul <laughs> Pierce setting the table for Brad Stevens to coach the All-Stars. Hey, Doc Rivers told us that team took notice, took notice of the fans, took notice of the environment, the respect. 
there is no better fan base than in Boston. So that's in Brad Stevens' knowledge and ability, and I'm sure he'll be charismatic at the All-Star break and coaching the team. It will only be enhanced by players' recent memory. I'm sure that there is a little bit of a buzz going around the league right now. Absolutely. And and you've got let – me, let me just give you a couple names here. Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Paul Millsap. Three right there who are who are max free agents who will be on the market this summer. You don't think it's going to help to have them and have Isaiah in their ear on on one side and Brad Stevens at the front of the room telling these guys what to do? I mean, look, we all know this is not an X and O's exhibition. We we understand that, but I think to get to know the guy, hey, I think that's it's all good right there, and I think these guys will be impressed by the type of person he is. In addition to the the mastermind that, that we've all seen, uh, you know, doing the X's and O's and 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 putting a team together that often seemingly shouldn't be in the mix and yet seems to keep getting better and better, including a great win in Utah without Jay Crowder, without Avery Bradley. I mean, it's just, the, <laughs> this guy is, he's, I want to say he's a miracle worker, but he's hes pretty good, Justin. Well, yeah, and, and with the week in review, I think, didn't we both go 2-1? and one? I don't think you wanted to go all in. No, I, on an, I went 3-0. and oh, I thought for sure. You did go 3-0. Yes, yes. I thought, hey, they're not going to lose to Sacramento. <laughs> and that was probably the most dispiriting of all the games because they really shot well to start and then couldn't. Just couldn't do it. They, they just wasn't another gear there. And conversely, they played really not so great against Portland and then closed it there in the second quarter, third, you know, third quarter and really pushed it ahead in the fourth. But the big game was the Utah game. I mean, that was a game where, again, without those two key cogs, you lose Jalen Brown in the second half to a, to a hip, uh, injury and, you know, between 10 points from Gerald Green in the first half, 10 points from James Young in the second half. I mean, Who? look, man, everyone's contributing. Everyone's pitching in to make this better. Every single player on this roster, maybe save Demetrius Jackson and and uh, uh, Jordan Mickey, have had you know those types of efforts in games. And this is this is a this is amazing, right? We have what we're seeing right now, and you've got to wonder here as we kind of, as about ten days or so away from the deadline, you know, is this does it make you, does it maybe make Danny Ainge's thinking change? I don't think it does, but you know, with LeBron playing forty minutes, and you know, maybe things not so hunky dory there in Cleveland, I don't think it's as big of a shock that at some point. LeBron James' injury luck is going to change, and someone's going to be there to pick up the pieces. Why not Boston? Yeah, why not Boston? In in the words of Gary Tangway many years oh, ago covering the Celtics in uh, our good friend Mike Gorman's absence, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Listen, as a that bit, Sacramento okay. Kings game, I, you, did, you, you know, the bone-on-bone bone, Quote is the one that really stands out, but everybody oh, forgets oh, oh. Gary Tangway's catchphrase for calling the Celtics for a brief stint. Why not? Uh, yeah, because you know, and, and we know Mike told us that you know Johnny Most told him that he needs to have a catchphrase. He needs to have something going. Why not just do it? You know, got it. That's 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 money right there. Bang, good stuff. Johnny had that. Why not? I don't know. Let's ask a question. 
<laughs> I don't know. That was a little weird. I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, it's oh, too I, early. You don't have to have when you're only covering games. You don't have yeah. to have a catch question or catchphrase, whichever it no. is. But no, absolutely you, you, not. You don't need it. That's for sure. No. But listen. So oh, go ahead. I'm just going to say, just to jump back, I just want to give a couple more names here, just for fun. I mean, just for, for giggles here. Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant. Okay, that's a little bit in, in the unrealistic territory. Anthony Davis, Gordon Hayward, DeMarcus Cousins. All, you guessed it, those guys at least, not free agents. I'm not saying that Kevin Durant's going to leave. I mean, after what happened the other night there in Oklahoma City, I'm not sure he ever wants to leave anywhere ever again. But, look, I mean, if I'm Gordon Hayward... Come on, he had it coming. Hold on, hold on. You're skipping through way too much there because you can't drop the KD bomb and the next thing you know we're talking about Gordon Hayward because after what happened in this offseason and, you know, remember, you were still holding out hope for... What you just said, free agent next summer, one year, hey, maybe, can opt out. Hell no. You're right. He's not. I never thought he was. And I'm serious. I don't want him. I absolutely don't want him. If Tom Brady and that whole crew going to New York can't convince him to come to Boston, and he's got old friend Avery Bradley in town too, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. Don't spurn the Celtics and, and expect me to keep a – uh, a warm, you know, <laughs> to keep a light on for you because I, I do not have the light on. I, I still listen. All respect it's not for his Motel game. Six. All respect for his game, right? But it's not Motel Six. I'm not leaving a light on for you. <laughs> you well, said I would I soften, listen. and I said I would soften. I'm not as angry now. I'm not angry about. It. I'm not bitter. But I haven't changed my stance, and I'm not gonna. You, you talk about Demarcus Cousins. We know where Mark, where Mike Gorman stands on that. We'll have to kind of see how it plays out. That stinker, though, on Wednesday night against the Kings, without Demarcus Cousins, right. it's pretty. It, it was a trap game. It, it, you know, honestly, you're gonna have a couple of those. It's no worse than it was last year when they came out around the holidays and had a number of those, including one really bad game against the Lakers and the Phil- – well, two games and the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to give them one against Sacramento. Hangover from the Paul Pierce uh, game. Yes, they had two days off, but they had to travel out west. They've got the late-night game. They're just getting used to West Coast time again on this trip. Uh, yeah, I give them a total pass. What I, what I, the re- and part of the reason I give them the pass – is the way they bounce back against Portland and like you just noted the Utah game. And speaking of skipping over topics, we've already you've already glossed over Jalen Brown's injury twice, and you know it's breaking my heart, buddy. <laughs> well, look, Jalen's Jalen's had a great run here. He really has. He's playing well. And and you know it had to be at least somewhat serious in that the fact that, that he was you know, they know how thin they are. And so that to add him to the to the walking wounded would have been you know just too much. So they looked at they turned their lonely eyes to James Young and said, "All right, let's let the floppy haired kid go in." And boy, he he played well. He he was in at the end. And he was in crunch time. It wasn't like you know sometimes you'll see these games where you know Terry Rozier will go off for that kind of end of the third, middle of the you know early fourth, you know kind of get some points in there. I mean. 
he was trusting James Young all the way through. He was trusting him more than he was trusting uh, Gerald Green. Gerald had a great first half, really had the shooting going. I mean, he was was playing quite well. And then second half, not so much, and James was. And so Brad stuck with him, and it was it was great to see because, you know, we all – listen, they've non-tendered him. He's a free agent after this year, but I think we all want to see James Young do well. And, you know, if he can do it here, all the better. Yeah, I had – now that's a guy I left the light on for a long time, right? And he's still so young. <laughs> it burned out. It did burn out. All burned out. It, it, it really did. And we felt like he had, had really gotten the message, not so much in summer league. That was really – everybody had already given up on him by then. But then in the preseason, he started to show some flashes. We heard a lot of good reports that just his work ethic and how serious he was taking – what was clearly his last opportunity, and he probably did want to earn an extension. I will also say, it doesn't mean he doesn't come back to Boston. It just means that they weren't willing to make a commitment past this summer. Truth is, there could be a trade. There could be some things that move around, and you might still see James Young come back. I know we're looking at the roster, and we're trying to figure out, how do we get Ante Zizic back on this team? Here's a rebounder. He's playing very well overseas. He switched teams kind of mid-year. And just continues to get better and better. Even played against good old friend uh, G- Gigi Datome. Datome, I always oh, blow that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Datome, yeah, had a nice game against Datome. I think that was in this past week as well. And obviously, we want to see the dancing bear. I know the yes. roster spots are slim, but there could be major consolidation moves coming up. And you even said this, kicking it out. You know, how does this, how do the standings change? Does does that make Danny Ainge more aggressive? And look at what the team's been able to accomplish. I know I'm harping on last week's topic a little bit, but what they've been able to accomplish without Avery Bradley, I think the part that just kills me about Jalen Brown's injury is that I thought ever since, and if you go back a couple of weeks leading up to the game against the Raptors, you'll remember that I said, we need Jalen Brown at the two, that length would really help offset DeMar DeRozan. Now, of course, DeRozan doesn't play in that game. The Celtics get a win. That was really nice. But I really think that Jalen Brown mitigates a lot of the defensive liability that is Isaiah Thomas for two reasons. One, obviously Isaiah's size and his height. But the other reason is he has to shoulder so much offensive load. So having Jalen out there with him gets you a little bit more length. And maybe in five or six years, Jalen's going to have to play much more at the three, but right now he's quick enough, he's athletic enough, and he gets to the free throw line, he fits in nice at the two. Look at his stats this week. It is definitely a bummer that he got hurt because he was starting to find his groove, and I really hope this isn't one of those injuries that plagued a Kelly Olynyk or a Jay Crowder or an Avery Bradley, as we have seen over last season and this season. I mean, Marcus Smart, fingers crossed, knocking on wood, has, other than the start of the season, done very well staying healthy. We'll definitely be talking about Marcus's week because the Portland game, just highlighting all the great things that Marcus is capable of. But some of these injuries have a tendency to to malinger. And I really don't want to see that happen. I know the depth is there. And, and like you said, James Young filled in. But is he going to be able to do that night in and night out? And we're not going to see Avery until after the All-Star break which may mean we don't even see him again this year. Oh. Or ever. 
Did you? Oh, he just went there, guys. I don't know if you picked up where what, what Justin's putting down there, but he he just went there, and and yeah, I mean, look, I I will say I think the injury does not help if to, to his trade value. If for some reason the thought was that, uh, but maybe there's more to this than we realize, and and they know they're shopping him, and he, I mean, I I can't believe that. It doesn't seem like. A Celtics thing to do, you know, to say, oh yeah, it's the uh, it's the Achilles, yeah, that's it, that's the ticket, you know, the old John Lovett's uh, SNL thing. It it could be that he could be the pathological liar. I just don't think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they're hiding it. I think it's legit. But at the same point, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have someone look at the medicals and do all that. He's a hard person to trade right now, whereas he hasn't played since you know since coming back, you know, since the injury happened. But boy, I don't think so. he, I think he's established himself well enough. You look at the way he rebounded at the beginning of the year. I don't think there's going to be any problems in marketing Avery Bradley in a trade. The teams know what he's capable of. He knows they know when he's coming back. Um, now, the concern would be that the acquiring team would want him for the stretch run. And I think that's where you run into some trouble. Make a deal with the Bulls. And I know there's some rumors we're going to get into maybe in the second half of the show there, as well as another trade that has already gone down between Denver and the Trailblazers. And we'll get into that. But I know at the same time, if the Bulls wind up making a deal and Avery Bradley gets included in some Butler move, you know the Bulls aren't trying to win this season and making such a such a move. And who knows? They might even acquire Jaleel Okafer. But here's a question you and I talked about before we started the show, and we will circle back. But how does Okafer really help out Jimmy Butler in Chicago? I mean, none of these guys play outside or away from the basket. So might be some moves that are necessary for that team to kind of get over the top. And Avery Bradley would definitely help stem you know, any kind of impact of losing somebody like uh, Jimmy Butler in a in a semi-rebuild. But real quick, everybody, make sure you follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live, as well as your host. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. Follow John at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS Radio Network, CLNS Radio. Uh, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash CLNS fans. Don't forget to download the app for iOS and Android. Just search CLNS Radio in your app marketplace and the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Radio for high definition, full-length locker room interviews and the Garden Report with Jared Weiss. Also, Zip Recruiter, one of our newest sponsors. It's the new year, which means a fresh start for your business and a great year starts with making great hires. But posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top jobs sites so now you can with zip recruiter you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017 post a job to 200 plus job sites including social media networks like facebook and twitter all with a single click find candidates in any city or industry nationwide just post once and watch the qualified candidates roll in to zip recruiters easy to use interface no more juggling emails or calls into the office just quickly screen the candidates rate them and hire the right person fast Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. One more time, 
to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. All right, John. So do we want to go into the Bulls thing? I can't just tease it and then make everybody wait another 20 minutes before we talk about it, right? No, you can't. We got to go there now. Let's do it. All right, let's, let's go, go in on the Bulls. How does trading Jaleel Okafor to the Bulls make any sense? And you know Butler's not leaving Chicago in that deal. No, oh my goodness, no. No, that would be just, just uh, well, I mean, it, I suppose it's entirely possible, but it seems pretty unlikely that, that they would do that or that anybody would, I mean, it's hard to tell with the Bulls what exactly they would do. I mean, to be honest, but look, I mean, they, they really don't have a post threat right now. I mean, they, you know, Robin Lopez is their center, who's a good defensive center, a guy who'd actually play really well here. It's kind of the third big in the, you know, kind of the Celtics rotation. Um, but they really don't have anybody who, who commands the post. But, but I'm going back to this issue of, okay, what the hell are the Bulls, man? I mean, you look at that team and you got a lot of guys who are probably, you know, they're on, they're on the other end right now. We sort of Wade and Rondo. We, you know, that's kind of well established. Um, and Lopez is, I think, in amongst that group. Taj Gibson, you know, but outside of that, you got a lot of guys who are kind of young. You got the Portises and Dougie McBuckets and Miritich and so, I, I just I don't understand how he fits into a win now mode. I mean he's he was productive for a time, but he's not a winning player. I just it's it's such a curious move by a curious team. And to me, if I'm Jimmy Butler, I'm scratching my head saying, How does this help me win now? Because that's what all he cares about. That's what all this issue with Rondo came about was you know, he's he's trying to win now and he doesn't have a lot of help. He has no help whatsoever. No help. And, and the truth is we knew that this was on a crash course in the off season. Everybody did. How does this work out? And that one game against the Celtics when everybody could shoot the three ball withstanding, not (laughs) the norm over the duration of the season. And we knew that wouldn't hold either. Here they are. And I, I gotta think, I gotta think at this point, they gotta be looking at blowing it up. And I don't know what that, I don't know if that means, you know, that they trade Butler or what, but they're kind of, they're not really stuck with Rondo, but they are kind of stuck with Wade, right? No, no, he's, he's done. He's got, this is a one year money. Then they got to blow it up. They, right. That's what I'm saying. It's, I, I'm totally with you. Like, okay, Taj Gibson is exposed. I'm just, I'm, I'm on the bas- basketball reference page for them. All right. So let me give you the oldest players on their team right now. Dwayne Wade, obviously. Okay. He's born in 82. He's, his money's done. Okay. Rajon Rondo, born in 86. He's done. Right. Um, we go up to Taj Gibson. He's an expiring. Done. Okay. So then we, so then we slide down Robin Lopez. He's got some money that, but he's got some value too. He's a guy who, if you could get him on the cheap, and I think you might be able to, um, he's a guy who has value across the league. Everybody else on that roster is generally, I mean, apart from Jimmy Butler, 91, 92, 95, 92, 93, 94. I mean, they're all kind of that step below Butler. And if he's going to lead them, that's one thing. 
But what we've seen is that Jimmy has separated himself from the younger players vocally, gone to the press. And, you know, you do learn these things as a young player in the league, but he's 27 and he wants to win now. He had good teams and it's, and the Bulls don't seem to have an, a, a direction. So yeah, I, I'm with you. How much I cap think space do they have up. next summer? What's their, what's their cap space? Oh. I didn't know if I'll you had it right work. open. I don't. I know because I have that. Searching. Hold on. I, I'm. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, let's see. So the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls. This is great radio. Everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> um, so they. Can, I'll, if, I'll if, sing a little dance. I'll do a little dance. Sing a little song. <laughs> so if Jimmy Butler doesn't take up his option, right? So he's got almost 24 million. Rondo is 13 million. So there's 37 that's coming off the cap for this coming season. So they're right now they're committed to ninety four million. Their guaranteed total is forty five. So they could add two max wow. free agents. Well, no. They could add one max free agent and they'd have depending upon how many years and they could add another person. So yeah, maybe the thought is well let's just use the money this summer. But are they gonna get Gordon Hayward to come there? Are they gonna get Blake Griffin to go there? Are they going to get Paul Millsap to go there? I mean, that's it's a dumpster fire. Who that? Who's going to say, oh, they got the plan figured out? Boston's got, okay, Chicago comes in the room. They say, we really want you to come here. We got Jimmy Butler. Okay, who's your coach? What's your team situation? How many how many picks do you have? Can you get better? Can you compete? Well, we're kind of eighth, ninth seed, but we think with you we'll be in the 4-5. Okay. Boston comes in the room. Hi, how you doing? We have a max salary slot. We could sign you tomorrow. We were the second seed in the East. We got to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, we just uh, drafted Markel Fultz with the number one pick. Where do you want to play? You know? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> obvious. Like, I, that's the thing. Like, who And who have they signed via free agency? I mean, apart from Dwayne Wade, how does that work out for him? They haven't signed anybody. They haven't been an attractive place. Yeah, I mean, they're better I off. That. They're better off putting the money in the pocket and getting some picks and pulling the trigger on rebuild. Yeah. Well, and let's let's say they let's say they go out and they make a deal with the Celtics. Let's just let's kind of think this through from their perspective. Who comes back? We've always said I think two of the three between Crowder, Bradley, and Smart would have to go. I think that's they just can't let Smart go. They just can't. That's kind of my thinking too. Is that you can move Crowder and Bradley, you can package it with maybe the 18 pick, um, throw in you know, let's say you throw in uh, Zeller to make the money work. You actually you wouldn't have to. You could uh, you could do it without without Zeller, and so that way you still have the 17. You still have that money coming off. And you, it would be hard, but there would be a way to make enough money to come off where you could have a cap, enough cap room to sign someone like Hayward or Millsap. Because that's the thing about all this, right? It's, yeah, you, I mean, first of all, we haven't made the trade. We haven't signed the big free agent, the, the next big free agent, but you have to be prepared for the next step, which is what do you have left in the holster to be able to, to get the, the the more the the players to really build the complete team around them, and in either case, whether it's Butler, whether it's Paul George, whether it's you sign guys this summer, 
there's enough room to make that extra big swing. So it's not just one guy. You're really talking about two in my mind. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, but going back to the Bulls, why wouldn't you blow it up? You know, try to get as many picks as you can. They may want a 17 pick if they're going to restart their their uh, rebuild now. But especially with a, the with a guard loaded draft, you know, they had Butler, they had Rose. If they trade Butler, they're going to want another guard. They're going to want a Markel Fultz. I don't know if it's worth it. I, I, I am I'm still waffling on this rebuild thing. The 18 pick, 100%, I'd throw that in, and I'd even throw in some of the other lesser first-round picks. There's just something about this year's pick it's really hard to let go of. Um, if you did get let go of this year's pick, presumably there's still some great talent coming out next year, but this year seems like such a home run, but that's the problem. Teams are going to want the home run if they're going to trade their star. Well, and then, okay, so here's here's the other the other thought is that what if it's Jalen Brown? You know, you say, well, look, I'm not no, going to get up smart. No, and they say, okay, well, no, I want Jalen no, Brown. <laughs> no. Well, I mean. You just don't that's... talk like that on this show, John, and you know it. <laughs> you shut your dirty <laughs> mouth. Uh, but, I mean, okay, you're right. Dude, like, to I me, would... all right, hold on. I... Let's do this. We're okay, We're going to take a quick break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna we're gonna dive a little deeper into that. About I want to talk about the who's your untouchables on this team, right? Because right. and and this does not have to be rational. I'm just gonna also set the table for it and say this isn't like Danny Ainge or their real untouchables that the Celtics should say. Absolutely, I mean, look, it's like Danny always says: everybody can be had in trade for the right in the right deal as long as they feel like it's benefiting the Celtics in the long term. But let's just let's just have our a personal this is our untouchables list or this is how we'd like to see it go down. You know Jalen Brown's leading off mine. There's no surprise there. But let's 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 quickly take our mid mid show break. I'm gonna talk a little bit about Blue Apron. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking meals accessible to everyone. And they know that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, and they set high-quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Here's the best part. It's less than $10 a meal, and with that, Blue Apron is delivering seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. You don't have to go out and do the shopping. It's not. don't have to worry about waste. Did you buy too many vegetables and then you don't wind up knowing what to no it's all pre-portioned it comes perfectly packaged it's all on ice and it's less than ten dollars a meal you really can't go out and have a nice cooked meal like this going out to dinner plus you get to stay home and cooking together builds strong family bonds research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. So the calories are listed on there. For ho- those of you who like to count calories, I can promise you that if I can cook the food and make it look like it does on the recipe card, you can too. The recipes are customized each week by you based on your preferences. And there's no weekly commitment. I think that's the best thing. You can stop at any time, start it back up. If you've got travel on the on the schedule, it's not like you're going to pay for something that you're not going to get. 
Some upcoming meals, cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice, roasted pork with apple walnut and farro salad, crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad, and udon noodle soup with miso and soft-boiled eggs. So listen, check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals for free with free shipping. It doesn't get any better than that. Go to blueapron.com slash Celtics to redeem your first three meals for free with free shipping. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. Blueapron.com slash Celtics. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And we're going to be right back after this word from audible.com. Okay, John, so let's talk about our untouchables. And I think I've told you my fantasy down the line is big, strong, athletic guards. And there was a time where I thought Josh Jackson, you know, maybe, uh, you know, any of the small forwards in this upcoming draft, if the Celtics did fall to like the four slot, where I would be disappointed because they weren't able to get a guard. At the same time, we have this like guard heavy draft. But at the end of the day, I'm starting to think Jalen at the two. And the idea, I mean, long-term idea, not trying to push Isaiah Thomas out, but Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown have quickly become my untouchables because I just five years from now, six years from now, would love to see a starting backcourt of Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. And then, you know, again, if the if the lottery balls don't go the right way or they don't trade the uh, trade the pick away, and but they do wind up having to take one of the small forwards there at the top of the draft, you could still roll out a really long and athletic lineup. And I know we talked a lot about it, Jerebko and Crowder and Brown. Just the positional flexibility. Now, I think we would have a lot of that. You look at Marcus Smart, you know, all of a sudden you, you see the national guys out there talking about he's the Draymond Green for the backcourt. You and I talked about that last year after he boxed out Porzingis to help the Celtics win a mm-hmm. game. And I think it was January. If it wasn't, it was early February last year. And I, those two guys are my untouchables. I actually do not have another one on the team. They're my untouchables because I still got a vision for the future and and sentimental for it, even though it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I, well, as you said, no, there are no untouchables. I, I'm not. I'm not there. Um, it all depends on on who you get back. But let, we know roughly what they're aiming for. They're aiming for Jimmy Butler. They're aiming for Paul George. We know that's the that's the target. So, what do you have to give up? What's the most you're willing to give up? I think the, the the hardest thing I would have to give up is the 2017 number one pick. Okay, now that's kind of a cough out, but I think that that's the hardest thing to give up. I think that's got more value than than Jalen. I think it's got more than Smart. I think it's got more than than anybody else they've got combined. That's a chance to get a blue chip guy, a, a guy who could run the NBA for the next ten years as the best point guard in the game. And that's a pretty that's pretty important on a on a guard driven league right now to have the best that says something you know to be in the in the Harden Westbrook you know game uh, and Isaiah frankly you know I think a step below but certainly in that in that conversation that's that's a big deal so number one is that pick number two I'm gonna go with Marcus um, and it's a kind of a strange thing because. I think Marcus only shows that when he has the players around him. 
And it's, it's a bit like the Rondo, you know, the tried, you know, Mikhail tried to include Rondo in, in the KG deal. It's kind of like that in my mind is that this is, this is a, he's good right now, but you start putting players around him that can go to another level, like a Paul George, a Jimmy Butler, and Marcus, you know, his game kind of rises up. He's starting to, his shot is starting to kind of find a, a level of, of mediocrity at least, but, but also some, some threat to it. He's certainly as a passer, he's, he's devastating and he allows you to transition whichever way you go. He allows you to transition in that next era. You want to put him next to Markel Fultz? Sure. You want to put him next to Isaiah Thomas? Sure. Um, it doesn't matter what, what direction, whatever happens with Isaiah, he gives you multiple flexibility. I don't like the idea of him playing at small forward, but if you get in a situation where your best three guys and Paul George is your four or whatever and Hor- Horford, hey, that, that works too. I mean, he gives you that positional flexibility that you're not going to get. After that, I'd probably go with Isaiah. <laughs> And and then only then after that would I go with Jalen Brown, and Jalen is and that's not that's not saying that I I would give up the same amount for Marcus as I would for Isaiah. That's not what I'm saying. But at least I'm saying right now I think that Jalen he's showing signs. I, I mean I love everything I'm seeing from him, but if you're gonna get somebody that's gonna play his roughly on the wing with him, it's gonna be hard for him to to make that leap. Um, here, um, and so you know, yes, you're, he's cost controlled for a while, but I, you know, I, I just th- there's he's further away than than it, sometimes it seems. I mean, he'll have flashes, but he's not really re- he's not ready to start on a, on a consistent basis and put in fifty in a night. He's not there yet. He can do it every every few games, three four games. Um, he's playing he well. Just do it for like but, eight games. Yeah, but defend not not fourteen, not thirteen, fourteen points. I mean, he and defensively, he's not. He's averaged. He hasn't hold on, it though. Out. Think about this. He's averaged almost thirty points a game during this stretch of of start. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Of start. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Thirty points a game? No, no, no. Thirty minutes. Oh, thirty minutes. Oh, so he's been okay. he's been he's like, been whoa. high twenties, almost thirty minutes a game. And look at their record during this stretch. Well, but that's that's I mean, yeah, but that's that's during with the current but you makeup. Just put of the Marcus roster. Smart. Just remember, you just put Marcus Smart number one, and that's fine because this is just our personal feelings, right? This is you know this again. We're not trying to lay out like crazy statistics, but you're laying out a good argument. I'm just gonna say though, it's not like Marcus is throwing up, you know, fifteen minutes, fifteen points a night. Right now, he's impacting well, the game in right. all these other ways. Right, yeah. it's the hustle, yeah. it's the grit, it's the fire, it's the determination. And I, I don't, I'm not going to compare Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart's attitude on the floor, but I do think that that aggressive nature that Jalen Brown has to attack the basket, to go after, to get to the free throw line, I think that's pretty rare. And to be able to have a shooting guard who's six foot seven. And athletic and is a defender. I think we've seen signs there in a short period of time. This isn't Jalen Brown's year three. How does Jalen Brown's year one compare to Marcus Smart's year one? And then think about that a little bit. Well, but we've talked about why that's been hard, why it was harder on Marcus than, 
why his adjustment has been, I think, a bit more problematic than Jalen Brown's, which was, you know, Gwynn stand in the corner and, and, you know, drive every so often. I mean, Marcus was asked to do everything, defend, run the team a little bit, you know, be a spot up shooter, even though he can't shoot. I mean, it was, it was almost yes, an unwinnable but, situation. But also, and I agree with that, and he played a position where he has to have the ball in his hands. So to your point, he has to direct the offense. He has to learn the plays. He has to be able to control and dictate pace of the game. I get all of that. But also to say that that team wasn't very good, and it was in disarray. So all kinds of opportunity for him to get onto the floor just because who else are they going to roll out there when they're trying to rebuild? You look at Jalen Brown's situation this season, though, plenty of guys that should be playing ahead of him. And I know he's benefited from injuries to Crowder and injury, really more the injury to Avery Bradley. The point is, is he got himself into the rotation and he played substantial minutes as a rookie. And a lot of guys didn't think he'd be able to do anything for this club this year. Yeah, but look, look who he beat out. He beat out Gerald Green and he beat, and he beat out James Young. I mean, that's not, I, I'm not trying to minimize it because, you know, those, those, those are pros. These are people who've been in the league several years and should know. But, you know, we're, this stretch of, you know, he did good enough to keep Marcus Smart on the bench coming in to direct the second unit. I'm not saying that Brad had good reasons for that. You know, to anchor that unit and he needed another somebody else coming off the bench that could direct the offense. And it's not because Jalen's better than smart. And I get that. But the point is, is if Jalen wasn't good enough to go into that spot, it would have been Marcus out of necessity. He is. No, and he is good enough. But but what he's being asked to do is completely different. It's not like, you know, he's doing this. He has the same job. They don't have the same job at all. And. While Jalen has averaged eight and a half points over the last, say, three weeks, almost month, he's, his plus minus is a minus three. I mean, defensively, he's not there. And that's, they need that from I don't him. Know, and man. I think he'll get there. Look at the, look at the plus minus in the fourth quarter for Isaiah. We can't, everybody knows plus minus is a flawed stat. And I think in the case of Jalen Brown, it has a lot to do with what you just kind of alluded to. He's a rookie, so he's going to go through mental lapses. So you see the flashes, but for every three good plays, there's one bad play. And I think that's where the plus-minus plays out. But when we're talking about the future, and this is why they're my untouchables, that Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, that's what I'm thinking about is the future. And I know we've got the present, and I know we're really going to make a run at it, but do you honestly believe the Celtics are going to win a title this year? Even if they trade for Jimmy Butler, do you think the Celtics will win a title this season? No, I don't. I don't think they do. I, I think don't we're think, building something for two to three years from now still. I, well, And so no, these younger players are important to me that way. Well, I agree with that would be true, but the the next deal may mean one of them or both of them aren't here. And what I mean by that is, okay, let's say you deal Jimmy Butler for mostly pick-laden and one or two rotation players. You still have enough to where you could move Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for the next deal. You know, so I thought that well, was the whole reason one, we were holding out cap space this summer. <laughs> well, I thought that was do... Danny told me. He said that's why we're doing the cap space thing so that we can keep Jalen Brown. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I I still think 
the idea of a, of a Jimmy Butler deal is pretty far fetched right now. I, I don't think that yeah, Paul happens. George is out of reach. Let's be honest; it's not happening. I think it's well. I think it's I think it's far more out of reach than than any of the other situations. But he is the best fit, far and away, in my oh, mind. It's the most enticing for Celtics fans. But yeah. What do you have to yeah. give up for George? Because you're giving up more for George than you are for Butler, right? You have to, well, yeah, but, well, maybe not, because Butler Butler has a longer contract, and, and George is up not this summer, but next summer. So you're really only getting a, a head start on his free agency by a year. So mm, it's I don't know that, that Larry can really get a, expect to get a lot for him, but Larry's got the same issue the Bulls have, which is, He's got some different eras kind of mixing on his roster, and I don't, you know, last time I looked at the at the standings, and I and I admittedly have not been spending a whole lot of time worried about what the Indiana Pacers and and the Bulls have been doing, but they're both right around the eight nine spot, and if if yeah, they're gonna, one after another right now, but there's yeah. a huge difference between Indiana and Chicago. In that Chicago's three games under 500 and Indiana's four games over. That's really the line in the Eastern Conference of where the good teams separate from the bad teams that just happen to sneak in for the opportunity to lose the, to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round. Absolutely. I mean, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of that, that Pacers roster. I don't think it's, it's going to work well. And, and so, you know, and, and Miles knowing Larry is young and very promising. He is, but it's it's, it's again, that's the it's, mixing of the two eras, though. It's the that's, mixing of the two eras, right? And and so, what's Larry gonna do? I don't think Larry wants to send him to Boston. I think he gave Danny and Kevin a whole rash, you know what, for making that deal. Not that he thought it was a bad deal, but you know, he doesn't like that perception to think that he's gonna do anybody any favors, especially not Danny Ainge. And, he's and gonna make Celtics. it harder on Danny than anybody else, who was his, you know, kind of little brother on the team. And so the idea of kind of helping out Danny and helping out the Celtics is a little too cute for Larry. <laughs> That's, That's just my not point. the way you think. That's exact you're only proving my point. That's why I think it's gonna take more than Butler even. And I know Chicago wants a King's ransom, but pressure may Whatever they wanted at the deadline, I mean, at the at the draft night last year, that reportedly, if any Celtics fan saw what the details of that trade was, they would deny it too and not want to make the deal. I know you got to think Chicago's going to back off of that. That asking price is going to come down, but the one for Paul George, all Larry has to come out in Indiana looking like the clear and away winner in that deal, knowing that. And not a win-win deal. Knowing that he fleeced the Celtics, but the Celtics still get to be happy about it. And Indiana gets to move on. But they, they knew that the, everybody in the media has to say the Celtics overpaid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think Danny would do that deal if he had some confidence that Paul George would stay. That's the, that's the rub right now is like. You never have it though. You don't, but geez. You know, if you need you need something more than, um, you know, maybe well, maybe we'll stay. You know, I, I mean. Well, here's the other dangerous thing. Yikes! Isaiah and Paul would both come up for contracts the same season, so right. it's not just about will he stay, but what if there's like a chemistry issue 
between Isaiah and Paul George. Then one of them's got to go. And that's, that's really more, I think they want to protect team chemistry and attitude. And you got to think the way the organizations run and Brad Stevens, and we want to just put all the faith in that. And I tend to have a lot of faith in that, but you'd say, well, they'll make it work. Whatever it is, they'll make it work. But the truth is, is it's untested with stars in the rebuild. Now we saw Paul Pierce, Scott, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen, but they were all ready for that. There were still no guarantees, but there were contracts in place. In this case, you have two players. You you got to think they'd get along, but there's really no guarantees. No, that's that's very true. I mean, there's nothing that nothing in life is guaranteed. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, you're, you're right. You you don't know. Um, I, don't I you would feel say more likely that Paul George would get along with Isaiah than a Jimmy Butler or a DeMarcus Cousins. You know, don't you say Gordon Hayward is a guy that you can see coming into this club as a free agent or even in trade and fitting in just fine. He's already comfortable with Brett. Like there are some surefire bets, so to speak, and there are others that aren't. And the way that Butler's handled himself this season, you almost wonder if there might still be an issue, but his contract is longer. But Paul George is pretty well known for being a pretty good guy. As a matter of fact, without those injuries, he might be one of the main faces in the NBA right now. It's just, you don't get on the court, you don't get the face time. I think that I think that the Jimmy Butler stuff is is real, but I also think it's like DeMarcus Cousins. When you're in a in a in an odd situation or a, a caustic environment, it's very hard to judge who's right, who's wrong. And certainly when he when Tom Thibodeau was there, he was a fine citizen. We certainly never heard anything of the sort about him or or acting up or what have you. I don't think Jimmy Butler is the issue. I, I think you know, like Jay Crowder, he runs hot, and it works for Jimmy. It works for Jay Crowder here. It would work for Jimmy Butler here too. And maybe some of his criticisms of the coach are justified. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you got if we watch that team, you've there's a lot of questions you've got to have wondering. You know, why they, <laughs> well, it, it's more about the GMing and, and trying to build a team that just seems to not have, I don't know. They, they just don't have it. <laughs> they, they built a team, as, as you and I have long talked about, that just doesn't make sense. I mean, they've lost their last two games. Let's see, by, let's see, 31, almost, yeah, almost. <laughs> Oh my gosh, thirty-one and forty-nine points. So forty-nine points in the last two games. Now, what ironically, games to Golden State, sit, yeah, and ironically, the they sit the in the seventh seed and would play the Celtics in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Now Butler did not play last night against Phoenix, so it's a bit of a misnomer in terms of who who's available and whatnot. But uh, you know, this is. If the Bulls struggle, the Bulls scuffle their way into the into the trade deadline. Maybe they will feel like they want to make a move sooner. You know, I think that that's what you have to wonder about. Is you know, look, they're barely on the edge of this now. They could, if they could, if they put their head down, <laughs> they they really try. They could get a top ten pick. I mean, they're they're not that far away from being in that conversation with twenty six wins or should I say twenty eight losses. They're only five games back of of where the Knicks are. And the Knicks are in, in the top top uh, top ten, so they're they're definitely in the conversation. And and despite their hot start, uh, the Bulls, I mean, 
Um, they've been a below 500 team pretty much since since December. So what are you know what are we really talking about here? And all their losses have been big losses. They they have they're not close. You know they have not had. It's not like they're eking out losses. They're eking out wins and then they're getting blown out. It's it's a bad situation and. I think the Bulls, if they could get an 18 pick, they should be and, and get their own number one close. Maybe you know you throw in some more picks or you throw in some young players, Jalen Brown. Uh, that's enough to kind of tie them over. Sorry, just saying, just saying. He's a cost-contained guy. You know, I know what you're saying. It's pretty obvious Bradley what you're and, saying. You want to keep the eight this this year's pick over. If you have to give up Jalen Brown or this year's pick, you're you're giving up Jalen Brown. No problem. No problem. No problem. Yeah. I this, just it's tantalizing. And I love what Jalen Brown's done and I and I hate to do that because I think it's but you gotta give up something to get something and I think he's I think he's a, I think Butler is enough of a difference maker that it's worth it. The difference is is that if you draft somebody like Fultz, they go into the backcourt and Butler plays the wing anyway, and so there's no spot for Jalen. And I guess the question mark is does that also mean Jay Crowder heads out of town? And it probably does. I, I'd say it almost has to. It's it's Bradley Brown and and Crowder, and maybe a, a lesser future pick. It's going to be expensive. And again, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure of it. But speaking of expensive, how about this trade with Portland and Denver? Maybe we should wrap the show on this one, but. Uh, Nurkic going to Portland for uh, Plumley, a first rounder and a second round pick. And I know Denver had to do something. They realized Jokic and Nurkic weren't going to be able to necessarily play alongside each other. They're almost too similar in style of play. At the same time, I don't feel like they got as much as they could have gotten for Nurkic. You thought you thought they could have gotten more for Nurkic than a one and and uh, Plumley. And uh, a, I think the two. I think the one is good, but how good is the, you know how where the first round you never I mean come on I know that Portland's not they're struggling this season, but at the same time you know that if that pick isn't a lottery pick, are you really I don't know I don't know I feel like you look at a team like the Celtics again somebody they could really use a player we I know Larry H Russell was super high on trying to trade for Jokic or Nurkic. Mason Plumlee, what does he do for them? <laughs> well, that, and that's I think that's the the big complaint right now is that you know they've both teams really had a weird front court situation, really no distinction, no differentiation in, in availability, and basically they've just changed pieces. And one team gave another number one pick, but. Nothing really is going to be worked out about that. Um, what I would say for for Denver's side of it is that they basically got back a pick in the same area they used to get Nurkic. So basically, they're given a do over to pick somebody else, and they got Mason Plumley and a number two and some cash apparently. Um, meanwhile, or, you know, meanwhile, uh, well, you, you know, know it's Portland, crazy. What could yeah. happen? Nurkic could make Portland just good enough to leapfrog Denver in the standings. And then the, yeah. the pick that they get winds up not being a lottery pick, but then, the, then Denver falls into the lottery. 
and you know maybe they get maybe they luck out a little bit either way they're going to be sitting at the at the bottom of the lottery like right you know 13 14 right in that you know they're going to be in that space most likely yeah that, i think you're you you could be right about that i mean right now you've got um you know portland's got their number 1 at at, at 11 and this is like a draft express their own i should say Denver has the 15, um, their 15 pick, um, which is their their own pick, and then the Memphis pick, which is the one that was conveyed today, was uh, a 21. So it's you know look, it, it's it's a good deal. I Those mean, aren't great picks, that, though. That's my point. They're, they're not, not, but that's where that's where Nurkic was taken, and and honestly, he had a a decent first year, but you know. In today's league, where does a guy who does what he does fit? And this is the the debate that we have. A lot of people are saying, well, why aren't the Celtics involved? My belief in, is that it's just kind of working against what we were just talking about, is that they want to use money. They want to go this summer, and they want to be able to spend money. They want to spend assets. They want to spend money and buy somebody to be a player here, You know, whether it's Blake or whether it's Gordon Hayward or whomever. They want to add a star here. And... To do that, that means they can't add salary. And Nurkic doesn't make a lot, but he makes enough that that's, that's another piece of the puzzle you're going to have to deal with this summer. And so that's why I'm, I'm a bit hesitant on it. I've been well schooled by Sam Sheehan and, and Brian Bernardoni on this. That's after I've been, you know, bringing up names like Nurkic and, and, you know, hey, we could get, we could, this guy's on the market and he's a guy we could add. And I think there's a lot of those pieces. And even though Boston has assets, Ainge and Zarin, they're looking at the next, the next piece, which is July. And if they make the small piece to kind of win right now, they're not really helping themselves down the road. And Nurkic, yes, is a young player on a rookie contract, but it's still another piece. And to give up a number one to do something that may hurt you down the road, that you may have to give up another trade piece to offload that cat that that uh, cash on your cap. That's that's expensive. So so you I think, think nothing at the deadline? I know we'll come back at, right after the All Star break for the next show. We'll review the festivities and, you know, we'll talk about obviously Brad Stevens quite a lot. I almost feel like this hip injury for Jalen Brown is like bad karma for skipping out on the dunk contest. (laughs) But we'll still have one more conversation before the trade deadline. I don't want to spend too much time on it other than things are starting to move. There's the rumors, like we talked about at the top, about Okafor maybe going to Chicago. There's all these longstanding Blake Griffin, you know, even the Serge Ibaka. We didn't even talk about that one. But that rumor won't seem to go away. And while I think he would be a good fit in Boston, it's like, again, what's it going to cost? What What is it going to cost? Now, Ibaka, although he's a nice piece for trying to go after a championship, or, you know, really making noise, getting out of the first round, uh, getting this year's goals met. But ultimately, we can talk about that a little more next week because I don't think we're going to see many deals. I think there might be a few, you know, precursory kind of deals going on. And, you know, obviously Denver and Portland kind of said, all right, let's just do this. Let's get it done. But I'm leaning towards probably, to your point, no deals at the trade deadline. Really, draft night is is always the biggest night. People are teams are going to want to see where this pick is going to fall in the lottery. 
before they 100% decide the value. And that's probably to the Celtics' advantage as well. I think so. I think... I think that, that listen, that there's a reason why they were called the, they're called the bank, right? That's what, uh, camp, I think it was in, right, in Steve Bullpet's piece, right? They're the bank. They've got all the picks, all the assets, and where can I go and, and change this into that, even a three-way deal or what have you? I, look, Danny's going to be creative, and I, I think they're actually, now that the CBA is settled, I think that's kind of held things up a bit. We're going to see some teams start to maybe make some changes. Um, there's a lot of teams that are kind of on the edges, and this may be a time where they they really try to go for it. A team like Sacramento, we they really want to be in the playoffs, so they may be making some bad moves. I don't know what they have to trade uh, aside from Demarcus, but you know those, those those teams are out there. I I think you're I think that the Celtics' best chance is probably I think they can find somebody on the on the waiver market. I think that a guy like Bogut, if Dallas. You know they've played well late, so it's it's kind of silly to even suggest it. But you know if I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, they're ten ten games under five hundred. But they're but, creeping. You know, they're creeping. Yeah, I mean they've won. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, six of the last eight. So kudos to them, you know. But if you know if if things kind of find a new normal there. Um, Bogut has, you know, he's he's having a problem with his hamstring. He's been out since, um, you know, early January. He's not going to play until after the break. Maybe they're going to see how that goes and then release him if it doesn't work. Um, but you could get Bogut for for nothing. Uh, I think there's going to be guys out there, bigs who you could get. Right now, there's a glut of bigs in this game. And I don't think the value is there. And especially a team like the Celtics, they've got Horford. Who's going to play next to Horford? This is the biggest question in, in going on. And, and yeah, you can play, you know, Paul George, but you're going to spend a lot on a on a big plotting center that's going to defend and rebound. You need that. You need to have that on the team. But he's not going to close. Bogut's not going to be in your closing lineup. So how much do you really want to spend for somebody who won't be on the court when you need it the most? That's really the issue. That's well, like, Andrew, like and if you're picking them up after they've been released. It's a matter of no you got to cut one to sign one too. Yeah, but I I think that's less of an issue. You just because toss I think, James Young to the wayside. I think James Young. I think I think Jordan Mickey. Uh, I think Nader actually is has got a shot to to make this roster. He's in the NBA DL um, uh, All Star game. You know, I, I could see them saying. So thanks, James, and we're going to bring Abdel up and see how that goes. Uh, I think that I could see something like that happen. You know, they cut Mickey, they cut James Young, and they bring up Nader, and, and uh, I don't know, it's maybe not. Big. I don't know. It's not a big. Yeah, they, they might. I, I can't remember when the NBA D League season ends, but it'll definitely be uh, there. There could be an element to that. I don't. I don't see that. I think they let James Young ride out the the year. Um, I don't think they want to rush Abdel Nader up here, and they don't have to. Certainly, they can get one more summer league and let the roster shape itself. But listen, as we wrap the show, let's talk about the games on deck for this week. You mm-hmm. talked about Dallas. That's going to wrap up the uh, West Coast trip, and I guess really that's more of a Southwest, quite literally Southwest trip to, to Dallas. And then they come back home, they play the 76ers after one night off, and then the second of a back-to-back on TNT to close out the final game before they head into the All-Star break. 
They're going to be in Chicago facing the Bulls at 8 o'clock on Thursday. I'm going, I really want to go 3-0 and on this. The Dallas yeah. game is making me nervous, but the other two do not make me nervous at all. So, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go all in. It's been a while since I predicted an Whoa. undefeated week. Uh, I went 2-1 and one last week. You went 3-0. and oh. I think you just picked the wrong week. I'm going to go 3-0. and oh. Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I would say that while Dallas has played well of late, um, they beat Cleveland, and you know that's and they beat Utah. Uh, those are those are good wins. I can't I can't think that the Celtics that after playing so well in Utah, I'm gonna go three and zero too. I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna uh-huh. get the Bulls. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna. We're gonna. Maybe. Hopefully, we get a push here this week. I just think that they got a a good shot here. The Bulls are not playing well. Dallas is, but I think that, um, you know, not having uh coming off of a good win there and and the chance that the Crowder will be back for the Dallas game uh should be a big help. So yeah, and they're coming back the other way from the West Coast. Dallas only one hour mm. behind East Coast time. Right. So they're starting to normalize. And I think that helps them when they go to Philly with only one night off. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, this is a well-designed stretch. The Sacramento game is the painful one. And I think we saw them slip a bit, but they caught themselves, picked themselves back up. And, you know, who knows if Jalen Brown will be able to play in that game against the Dallas Mavericks or not. We'll certainly be finding out. Uh, here leading up to game time. But that's going to do it for this week's show, everybody. Thanks for listening. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app as well as clnsradio.com. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. And you can support this show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review. Your feedback is important to us. A reminder that today's show is brought to you by Audible.com, Zip Recruiter, and Blue Apron. They've got a great deal for all of you listeners. But most importantly, you would be supporting our show and the entire CLNS Radio Network. Thanks to the loyal audience who makes it all worthwhile. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Radio, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.